Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans. Oklahoma State Football Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright. Joined tonight by Jacob Unruh and Jenny Carlson. It's the Cowboy Walk and Talk post game as we follow up Oklahoma State's 20 to 14 victory over Iowa State. And wow, is there a lot to get to? Um, what a night! It was. It was a. It was a crazy day. The uh, the the different emotions, not fan type emotions, just. Like uh, witnessing what what was happening around you in terms of covering the event was remarkable. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be a fan in that environment. And you know, you see, uh, you see what's uh, you, you feel the energy in the stadium go from completely flat to fully energized as Spencer Sanders comes trotting on the field and ultimately leads a come from behind victory. Completely unexpected. Hadn't practiced. Uh, I don't know. I said sometime before Halloween. I have no idea the last time he practiced. It's been weeks. Um, it's been weeks, Scott. It, yes, it has. I mean, we know he wasn't practicing back when he was playing. So, obviously, he's uh, he's been out the last two weeks for sure. So, just remarkable to uh, to see what happened. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's start here. And, Jenny, I'm going to you first. Even if it's something I've already talked about, what is what is the overarching uh, takeaway from what we witnessed tonight here at Boone Pickens Stadium? I mean, I don't know if we can say that Spencer Sanders had his Willis Reed moment, but that's that's uh, that's something that is going to be talked about or should be talked about as people reflect about Spencer Sanders' career once he's no longer a Cowboy. I mean, he's won lots of lots of games as a Cowboy, won lots of big games as a Cowboy. You know, won that Fiesta Bowl last year in a huge comeback fashion. Um, got them to the Big 12 title game last year. But he's never won a game under these circumstances. Injured, not practicing. Fourth quarter, they're behind. He comes in, completes his first six passes. He's six of seven on the touchdown drive. Throws a great little pass on a fake run that puts the Cowboys up. Just big-time stuff all the way around under the circumstances. This is the type of game that... It's not just a win, it's a statement. And I think people are going to need to remember it that way for a long time. I, I imagine, you know, there were a lot of 20-year-olds in this stadium tonight that witnessed what happened. And I think about what it's going to be like 60 years from now when they're telling this story and, and the legend has grown. And, you know, <laughs> Sanders, Sanders was on the sidelines on crutches <laughs> and had to, had to borrow somebody's shoulder pads to go in. And, um, but, I mean, wasn't it his just, own helmet, just, you know, someone else's Not even helmet. his helmet. Yeah, exactly. He took it off of Gunner Gundy and, uh, and ran into the, into the game. And it was snowing, of course, uh, but a foot of snow, a foot of snow, uphill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The offense was listen. It felt like the offense was going uphill for for a while. Uphill both most, ways. Most really. of the day. Most of the day. Um, 
Jacob, before we before we go on, what uh, anything else that you'd like to add or uh, any other major takeaways from uh, this game? We got to talk about the defense too tonight. Oh, absolutely. Um, this looked like the defense we expected all season um, right. from last year, and and Iowa State's offense. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna tap the brakes a little. Iowa State's offense sure. is not necessarily great, but they did score 31 last week. Um, they do have a NFL caliber receiver in David Hutchinson, and NFL guys, NFL receivers have given OSU trouble all year. Um, right. And they, he had 100 yards, but they limited him overall when you really look at his numbers. And a lot of short catches didn't really burn him deep, um, which is huge. But this defense got off the field, had five turnovers, and just obliterated the run game of Iowa State. And it has not had this kind of mojo all season. Um, the only frustration that I can see from the defense maybe is they kept getting turnovers and the offense didn't do anything with them. But right at the same time, they kept getting the turnovers and they just didn't let Iowa State have any ground to do anything. They got the quarterback in the fourth quarter. Everything mostly went right for them tonight on the defensive end. And I think that's huge. Going forward, you've got an OU team that's reeling. Um, and a West Virginia team that uh, has a little burst of energy today, but it's still uh, a team they should go out and beat. Five takeaways for the defense. They get four sacks all in the fourth quarter. So they had gone, I don't know how many quarters without a sack Ooh. and come up with four huge ones. Um, I, I want to make sure we mentioned the Corey Black play on the, uh, the next to last play by Iowa State when he goes up and bats down. Huge. A uh, pass intended for Xavier Hutchinson on third down at the goal line. Would have been the game-winning touchdown. Fantastic play from him there. Then you know, Brock Martin on fourth down gets to Hunter Deckers, gets him chased out of the pocket, and Colin Oliver comes in and, and finishes it off. For them to respond that way down the stretch was hugely important. And we've been talking for, for a few weeks about how this defensive front needed to do two things. One was stop the run, which they did. The other was get to the quarterback, which they did. And when they do things like that, this defense is completely different. And like you said, Jacob, this uh, you know this this isn't you know Tom Brady and and the Patriots out there uh, leading you know running up and down the field. But to do to do this against a Big Twelve team is important. And they've got, uh, you know, they, they still have challenges ahead that are, uh, that are going to be difficult. But this has to give them some confidence going into the next week, the next two games. Absolutely. I mean, they just, they needed this. As, as Jason Taylor said to the game, they were stuck in a rut. And they needed to get out of it. And they found their way out of it. And I think all I kept hearing from defenders and Derek Mason's games are going to build on this. Um, Mason said this is now the standard for them. And so – We'll see if they can build off of it because it seems like last week, same time they got any kind of momentum, it got it got squashed real fast. So we'll see. Guys, guys, they allowed 293 less rushing yards this week than they did a week ago. <laughs> 293. That's, That's ridiculous. I mean, what they allowed last week was ridiculous, but to think that they could turn it around and have that kind of performance after what we saw a week ago. That's remarkable. It it absolutely is the uh, the the way that they were defending the run. Uh, they were, uh, I mean, I don't know what 
Iowa State's longest running play was. Uh, I don't remember one of any significance. So really impressive there. Uh, they were uh, they were good at getting uh, getting off the field when they could. Just uh, all around really strong on defense. Uh, individually, was anybody more impactful than Kendall Daniels, the redshirt freshman from Beggs? Uh, I don't think so. Except Ma- for except, except for. Except for the people right. that got heat into the press box. Nobody yeah. was more impactful than Kendall Daniels. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Jabbar Muhammad, but I'm going Daniels on it. He just he, he tied for the team league with 10 tackles, had a tackle and a half for loss, had a forced fumble, had an interception. Um, he really came into his own tonight. As I said, uh, this is the game that we're going to remember as Spencer Sanders' comeback, um, but it also should be the night that we remember that Kendall Daniels arrived, officially arrived. Hey, and and really, really impressive. This was something that uh, Jacob, you and I talked about, and Scott, you and I might have talked about it too. But I think Daniel's continued improvement at safety gave OSU a confidence in moving Muhammad to play cornerback full time tonight. They needed him there against Hutchinson, and I thought he did a fantastic job. Both he and Black drew Hutchinson in different in different times, and they were both really good. But to have Muhammad be able to play one spot instead of bouncing back and forth, that was big. But I think Daniels and the way he's playing helped him to think, okay, we don't have to move Jawarbeck over to safety. Those guys will be okay. Kendall's maturing. He's getting to a point where he can handle some of that. And I thought that was big sort of game in the game that really helped OSU tonight. Yeah, it was. Once it was announced that Thomas Harper was out, you assumed that Jawar Muhammad was going to be back at that at that nickelback spot. And that was going to leave Cam Smith in, in a starting role at corner and you knew that Hutchinson was going to be a challenge that he has never faced. And so for them to be able to, to get Sean Michael Flanagan over and, and, and let him do some nickel stuff and let, and let Daniels kind of roam as, uh, as that deep guy. And then, and then have Jabbar Muhammad at corner. It, it changes the dynamic. Jabbar Muhammad is one of the best cornerbacks in this league. And it's easy to forget that when he, is getting moved around and not getting to play consistently at corner, but his coverage skills are are big time good, and he showed that again tonight. All right, um, anything else before we come back to? I want to finish on Sanders, and of course, the most important thing I forgot. But anything else that we uh, that we need to, uh, to to wrap up? Another big night from Tanner Brown. Yeah, Tanner Brown had a good night. Um, Luke. Luke. A uh, semifinalist for the, the Lou Gorza. I cannot talk. I'm sorry. Uh, Rosa, Rosa yes. Award. Um, I'll get it eventually. And um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's cold out here. I'm starting to shiver, guys. Um, right. And uh, big night for him. Uh, but I think also we got to talk about Gunnar Gundy. It wasn't right. the best night for Gunnar necessarily. Um, but Mike said he liked a lot of things out of Gunnar. Um the one big mistake was the last interception, the last play that Gunner played. Um, tried to do too much. Tried to do as uh, Mike compared to Spencer Sanders in 2019, trying to do too much, um, which I thought was interesting. But the offense really stalled. Um, so a lot of that has yeah. to do with Iowa State more than Gunner, I think, until a point. Um, but I think, you know, we got to see the difference between Gunner and Garrett and Spencer at this point. And, uh, you know, I think um, – Tough night for Gunner overall, but uh, I think it's a learning moment. He hit, hey, and he I'll hit say the this, wrong uh, loop to stop sniffing glue. 
<laughs> I'll say this though about Gunner. I don't I don't think he was quite as effective as as uh Ringel was last week, but he didn't force it too often. I mean, he did have the two interceptions. I thought the last throw was, you know, not as it was his worst throw of the night. But you saw him throw it away. You didn't see him take only had one sack. So, he didn't do he didn't make fatal flaw uh, errors. He didn't throw any picks. And fumble it deep in, you know, Iowa State territory. Nothing that really put points for Iowa State, which I thought was really big. Because then it gave us a chance to see Spencer Sanders in that moment in the fourth quarter. If it's a blowout and there's no chance, you know, you've lost that opportunity. But I think that was part of it. Yes, you would like to see uh, be more effective at that quarterback spot. But the fact that he didn't make those fatal flaws I thought was important as well. Yeah, it was. He had the the two interceptions. Obviously, the last one that Jacob talked about was the one that uh, that that got him pulled and and opened the door for Spencer. Uh, but yeah, he didn't. Uh, he he kept him in the game when his mistakes could have done the opposite, and that was uh, that was important. And and this is, the quarterback position has been chaos for these guys. You know, you have Sp- Spencer Sanders playing but not practicing for a few weeks. Then finally, you get to the point where you've got to rest him. You you have a, a competition, basically in in week competition for the job between Rangel and and, and Gunnar Gundy, and Rangel comes out on top of that. Then he gets hurt, uh, a, a chest injury, apparently chest bruise, uh, is what was reported on the radio, and can't practice pretty much all week. And so you got to hand the reins to to your third starting quarterback in three weeks, and that is a really difficult situation. It really handcuffs Casey Dunn in what he can do as offensive coordinator. And I think that's why you saw things not only operate more smoothly because of Sanders when he got in the game, but because of what Dunn can do to call plays and, and what he can ask of Sanders. And, and listen, that, that touchdown does not happen with a different quarterback in because the, the threat of him keeping the ball or running it if it's if it's Gunner or if it's Garrett Rangel is not the same. I don't think the cornerback bites up as hard on the run to get Jaden Nixon open for the the touchdown pass if it's somebody else. So uh, pretty pretty impressive the way that they handled things once they got uh, Sanders into the game. Obviously a tough week for him. His his grandfather passed away early in the week. He got to spend some time with family, but says he didn't didn't miss attending a practice even though he wasn't practicing. He was around helping the young guys and staying in tune with the ga- the, uh, the 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 game plan, which is important. But uh, I can't even begin to describe how crazy it is to see what he did to come off the bench in the final minute of the third quarter and go. Uh, even though he led just one touchdown drive, uh, to do what he did is is remarkable. And just I just go back to we talked about this I think a little bit, but you just go back to just the reaction of everybody, not just the fans, the whole, right. the whole team. You just felt oh, yeah. different. Like the weight was lifted off their shoulders. It was like, okay, Spencer's here. Everything's going to be just fine. And he came out and hit his, what first, all those passes at the beginning. And he wasn't even loose at the beginning. He had, yeah. he had to warm Had not thrown a football. Yeah, he had to warm up between uh, the quarters, I think the quarter break. Right. Yeah. So like, exactly. I mean, that was, it was incredible. And, you know, you heard him say all season, you know, you heard him say he was a tough mf and you heard him say, 
tonight that uh, he's too competitive to call it a season. Um, and it's not just lip service by this guy. This guy really is no. living up to what he says. These guys fully believe in him. Uh, as, Je- as John Paul Richardson said, you just got to understand how good of a football player he really is. And I think we're starting to get really appreciate the value and the talents of, of Spencer. And to, and to I think one of the- use a Casey Dunn quote. Go ahead, Jenny. <laughs> I think I'm way behind you guys. I'm I think, I think I've got I a delay. So, but yeah. <laughs> um, the the <laughs> thing that I you know I I heard uh, you know both Spencer and Mike Gundy talked about how. Ooh, so dramatic! Yeah, or, the dramatic pause. Where'd you go, Jenny? I, I believe we've lost Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, but the Casey Dunn quote that I was going to use was that when Spencer comes into the game, these guys believe anything is possible. And and tonight he showed that it was. And I mean, that shows you the aura that this guy has and the impact he has on his team just being on the field with him. And it's uh, it's it's really impressive. I mean, he had uh, he had no intentions of playing tonight. They, uh, nobody said it specifically, but they all suggested that the idea was to, to hold him out for another week, get him healthy for Bedlam next week and, and try to finish strong. And, you know, that plan got scrapped with, with 53 seconds to go in the third quarter. And he came in and, and did what he had to do to, uh, to get this team to victory. So Really impressive stuff. Uh, I believe that brings us. Uh, not sure if Jenny's back uh, connected can, again, can, but can I tr- can I try it again? You can go for it. <laughs> hey, what I wanted to say was, you know, both Gundy and Spencer both said something very similar. How well Spencer knows this offense. Fourth year starter, been around a long time, knows it like the back of his hand. But I don't want people to hear that and think that that makes what he did any less impressive. Just because you know the offense, just because you know the plays, just because Casey Dunn can call down something that hasn't been run in a month and you know what to do, doesn't make it any less impressive because he hasn't been practicing with these guys. Timing's off. Confidence is different. All the things that come with practice are not there right now for Spencer Sanders. For him to come in cold, like Jacob said, he's warming up between the quarters after he's already thrown a completion to Langston Anderson. Come on. I mean, where does that stuff happen? So this to me is if if there's Oklahoma State fans out there who've, uh, you know, been highly critical, maybe overly critical of Spencer Sanders, he's not a perfect quarterback. No quarterback is. But this is one of those moments you have to say, I respect this guy. He is a fighter. He went out there and fought in not great circumstances, and he won the game for my team tonight, if I'm a Cowboy fan. That is big, and I think that needs to be respected. Cannot disagree with any of that. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, with that, my, uh, my, my shivering hand tells us it's time for the, uh, the most important thing I forgot <laughs> before we wrap this thing up. Ooh, the most important thing you forgot. You want to go first, Jenny? You go first. Did I did I throw a perfect game? Did I not forget anything tonight? It's possible. Uh, it, it's ne- it's never we, happened before. We did not talk about how bad the running game was for OSU. And that and that surprised me because it started off really good. Those first couple of drives were pretty solid. They were getting some double digit runs that they hadn't had yeah. in a while. They were uh, they were doing some things that we hadn't seen. They were getting out, getting Dominic Richardson in space. Then uh, you know he uh, he disappeared, played very little in the second half. Uh, obviously 
they uh, were struggling to throw the ball. Gunner Gundy finishes what five of of thirteen or five of twelve, five of 12 two picks. Yeah. So, so they they obviously weren't doing enough passing the ball uh, to make it where Iowa State had to really respect that a whole lot more than uh, than just playing some man coverage. And um, I, I was surprised to see the running the running game taper off as much as it did and as quickly as it did after a pretty good start. Yeah, that was that Here's was one thing one. I'll throw out. And I can't hear Jacob, so I have no idea what he just said. I can hear Scott, can't hear Jacob. Sometimes <laughs> the spaces is not perfect. But here's what I'll say. If you want to respect even more what Spencer Sanders did, consider this. Oklahoma State went 1 of 14 on third down. They had a pump block that set up Iowa State in the red zone, and they somehow still won this game. That somehow is Spencer Sanders. So they had yes. every reason to lose this game, and yet their quarterback comes in and saves the day. Yep, absolutely. Uh, just, uh, just a remarkable thing that we uh, that we witnessed tonight, and it was. Uh, I I don't know. I can't. I'm running out of adjectives to describe what what we what we saw from uh, from Spencer Sanders and and this uh, and this team tonight. So, so I've got, I think I got one more. I got one more oh, positive thing. One more one positive more. thing. That ball that Gunnar Gundy threw to J.P. Richardson. Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about his big touchdown. The best pass of the night by anybody. Oh, absolutely. One that of the was best such of, a one of the ball. best one of the best of the season. And yes. I mean, you know this, uh, you saw him, you covered him in high school. I, I covered him a couple of times back before I I moved on to the OSU beat. That's that's one of his biggest strengths is is the deep ball and he that was an exceptional throw right on the money, right in stride. And and then and then the second best part of that play is Spencer Sanders sprinting down the sideline behind John yes. Paul Richardson for about fifty yards, chasing him into the end zone, basically. Yeah. So it all goes really, back to Spencer, but yeah, that was a beautiful know, throw. It was. It it, it really was. Um, you know, uh, we've I think we've seen glimpses of talent from both Gunner and Garrett Rangel in the in the past two weeks. And, uh, you know, this, uh, this experience the last two weeks is really going to help them. Obviously, this Oklahoma State team would prefer that neither of them have to play again until Spencer Sanders is gone. But they've at least got some meaningful experience that's going to help them uh, down the stretch. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. I hope Jenny's got the car started and got the heater going because uh, I'm freezing at this point. But thank you to everybody for listening. Ah, there, I heard it fire up. All right. Very good. We'll shut it down. Thanks for thanks for listening, and we will talk to you on Tuesday night from Stone Cloud. Come out and join us here in Stillwater for uh, another fun Cowboy Chronicles podcast. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.